Church. All sorts of things can happen before then. Ush! cried Jonathan suddenly. I bet he thinks being an usher means he has to keep ush during the service. Oh dear, said Mrs Brown as Jonathan's words sank in. I do hope he doesn't tell Deirdre to be quiet when she's making her responses. You know what a quick temper she's got and I expect she'll be all on edge as it is. Mrs. Brown began to look somewhat less happy about the whole affair as she turned the matter over in her mind. But at that moment, the shrill sound of the telephone broke into her thoughts. "'It's Harold Price!' she hissed, putting her hand over the receiver. "'He wants to know if it's all right. What shall I say?' Mr. Brown looked up at the ceiling as the sound of running water came from somewhere overhead. "'Whatever we say, it had better not be no,' he replied. Not at this stage. We shall never hear the last of it if Paddington's had a bath for nothing, especially one he's volunteered for. All the same, he continued, giving his suit a passing flick with the clothes brush, I can't help feeling it isn't the best of ways to start married life. I don't think I should have been very keen on having a bear as an usher at my wedding, even if I had been let down. Mr. Brown wasn't over-enthusiastic about weddings at the best of times, and the thought of attending one at which Paddington was lending a paw filled him with foreboding. Nevertheless, even Mr. Brown's fears were gradually set at rest as the day wore on, for Paddington's behaviour seemed beyond reproach. When they arrived at the church, he was busily engaged with a long and important-looking list of names, which enabled him to check the invitations and sort out the friends of the bride from those of the groom, and as he led them down the aisle towards their allotted places, they couldn't help noticing how spick and span he looked. His fur had a newly brushed, glistening appearance, and his whiskers were so shiny they made the large white carnation which he wore tied round his neck look almost dowdy by comparison. If the Browns had any criticism at all, it was that he was taking his job a little too seriously. Jonathan's earlier theory proved all too correct and as soon as anyone so much as parted their lips, he hurried up to them with his paw raised and gave them a hard stare. Some of his stares, which had been handed down to him by his Aunt Lucy in Peru, were very powerful indeed, and in no time at all it would have been possible to have heard the proverbial pin drop. Even the vicar looked most impressed when he came into the church and saw the attentive state of his congregation. "'I don't see how we can explain now,' hissed Mr. Brown, it's a bit difficult when you're not allowed to say anything. The others contented themselves with a nod of agreement, for at that moment Paddington, having carefully checked the list of guests for the last time to make certain everyone was present, settled himself down in a nearby pew in order to consult his programme and enjoy the forthcoming ceremony in comfort. In any case, they soon had other matters to occupy their minds, for a moment or so later... Mr. Price and his best man arrived and took up their places near the front. They both looked unusually agitated, even for such a nerve-wracking occasion as a wedding, and Mr. Price in particular kept jumping up and down like a jack-in-the-box. He seemed to want to speak to Paddington, but each time he turned round and opened his mouth, Paddington put a paw firmly to his lips. "'I don't remember Harold having that nervous twitch before,' whispered Mrs. Brown uneasily. I think it's got something to do with the ring, whispered Judy, passing on what little bit of information she'd been able to glean from those in front. They're having to make do with a brass one off Mr. Price's bedroom curtains. Apparently the real ones disappeared. Disappeared? 
echoed Mrs. Brown. For a moment she quite forgot Paddington's presence in the nearby pew. But as it happened, she needn't have worried, for Paddington seemed even more affected than anyone by this latest piece of news. His whiskers sagged, his face took on a sudden woebegone expression, and even the carnation round his neck seemed to wilt in sympathy. Deirdre's not going to be very pleased when she hears, murmured Mr. Brown. I shouldn't like to be the person who's got it. Shh, hissed Mrs. Brown. Here she comes. The Browns fell silent as there was a rustle of silk behind them, and Deirdre, resplendent in a snow-white wedding gown, sailed past on the arm of Mr. Flint. Only Paddington failed to join in the general gasps of admiration which greeted her entrance. For some reason best known to himself, he appeared to be engaged in a kind of life-and-death struggle on the floor of the church. Several times he was lost to view completely, and each time he rose again he was breathing more and more.